Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Okay, joining me now for the Denver Nuggets preview, a team that I saw in person over the weekend. Really excited to talk to Adam Morris about them. Uh, before we get started, a reminder that we're sponsored today by Pro Flowers. You can use that familiar cap space code to get 20% off all bouquets of $29 or more at proflowers.com. That's that cap space code at checkout. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. Uh, excited for the season. It's it's come up pretty quickly. Yeah, it really has, especially for the Warriors who played a game in September, actually, as did the Nuggets, of course, uh, on Saturday. Where I wanted to start with this team, haven't had a ton of changes, but one obviously large one in subbing in Paul Millsap, essentially for Danilo Gallinari, didn't change much aside from that. But where I wanted to start is just how good they were with Nikola Jokic in the starting lineup on the floor offensively, because you could look to the beginning of last season when they were inexplicably bringing him off the bench as what cost them a playoff berth. How were were they so good when they had Jokic in the lineup offensively last year? Yeah, well, it was interesting. They they played through him more and more beginning in December, really, the, the early parts of December, and then by mid-December he was starting. And they played through him mostly at the top of the key where he would just kind of go back and forth doing dribble handoffs. And it's it's kind of a simple read-and-react style of offense with just some, some basic principles. Malone would always talk about, I don't call a lot of plays. I just let them kind of do their thing out there on the offensive end. And Jokic just orchestrated it so beautifully he's great at you know shot selection first and foremost he's a terrific passer to cutters but then he just knows kind of where the ball needs to go to create an advantage whether it's a mismatch or whether it's to get the defense to rotate one time and then and then just the Nuggets I think did a really good job as a team kind of exploiting once once the the defense fell a step behind and it was four straight months this is what's so interesting uh, about it was it wasn't a hot streak like we've seen teams get hot for three or four weeks or, or, or maybe a month and a half it was four months where they really didn't have too many bad offensive games the offense was always there was so consistent um but unfortunately also consistent was the defense yeah yeah that was not good at all and i guess offensively before we turn to the defense of course that's where i think Millsap is expected to make the primary contributions is Jokic is not a guy that i think a lot of people understand why he's so good because he's not going to just dominate one-on-one uh but he does things that are so difficult to guard i mean you mentioned what he can do with the ball in his hands as a great passer and i think this year i'm really going to be trying to focus in more on you know how much great passing really helps great offense for some of these teams or maybe you can't explain on its own like why it is that they're so good offensively but also he's just an extremely difficult matchup for nearly any center because if you he can stretch out to the three-point line and pick and pop or drive to the basket very slowly but always make a a great decision (laughs) when he does that and then if you switch him he's not really I don't think an effective post player against guys his size but he absolutely dominates anyone who's smaller than him in the post 
so you don't really have that option on some of those actions either. Yeah, I think you think about three-point shooters and how much shot selection has to do with their efficiency, and some guys just chuck shots and, and their efficiency is always going to take a hit. I think with regards to Jokic, he's just really smart about when to post up and when not to, and occasionally he'll post up a guy, you know, another center, and, and, and he'll have some success, but most of the time he just knows if it's a one-on-one matchup with him and another center, you know, the odds of that, even if the best point uh, post-up players isn't that great, but what he does do is he plays that DHO game, and eventually, uh, more often than not, there'll be some kind of mismatch. A team will get behind, and, you know, the shooting guard gets switched out onto him, and he's just really good at, at, at getting the ball either at the elbow or on the block and making the most of it really quickly before the defense can react. So I think with everything he does, the the best parts of it are, are his selection and just his kind of never going outside of, of what he knows will work. And if he doesn't have an advantage, just keeps the ball moving. So I think that's a, a, a big part of what makes him such a good player. So as good as they were offensively, they just sucked defensively. Last year, Millsap is being brought in, one of the best defensive power forwards. Why were they so bad last year? And how is Paul Millsap in theory going to help that? I think the quick and easy answer is that they had bad defensive players last year. And I don't know <laughs> and, and I don't know how much that's going to change this year because, you know, you still have Jokic, who I think is a better defender than he gets credit for, but by no means a good defender. Um, I don't think he's, you know, the worst defender in the league. Although last year, I don't I think he was involved so much on the offensive end and not quite in shape to be a, you know, a defensive anchor and give 100 percent thinner for, this year. I, I noted when I saw him in person the other day. You know, he to me, he looks about like he did when he entered last season. He was coming off of uh, the Olympics and I think maybe even the best shape of his life last summer. And I think he gained a little weight throughout the course yeah. of the season last year. So I think he went back down to the the, the summer weight of last year, which is good. Um, and I'm curious to see. That's going to be a big question this season that won't be answered in the preseason. But just how does he look playing 33, 34 minutes a night? Because I think that's how many minutes Malone wants to play him. But the defense, it wasn't just Yoke. The point of attack was really where everything began, and the Nuggets didn't have anybody that could dribble, uh, contain dribble penetration off of pick and rolls or isolations or or closeouts. And they started a lot of possessions scrambled, and so I think you had you know kind of the first point of contact w- was really slow, and then obviously with Jokic as the second point of contact was really slow, and it it just made for a lot of easy buckets. Yeah, I think that Jokic he does play the angles okay, but if you're gonna have a guy who's slow like him, he can't get out on the floor. He's too slow for that. He's got to lay back and when you have guys like Moutier, Jamal Murray, Jameer Nelson as really your three guys guarding the opposing point guard, Will Barton isn't even that great. Even Gary Harris I think is a little bit overrated at this point yeah. as a defender, although he, he at least tries hard. You don't have any guys with length and you don't have guys who really compete that hard and don't have quick feet. And so then you're really going to, once the guy gets screened off, there's all this space to work yeah. around Jokic. So maybe if you put the right guys around him, then you can start to get there and do you think that Paul Millsap is going to be that well I think more than anything there's been two Nuggets preseason games by the time we've recorded this so we've seen a little glimpse uh, of, of what's different and there's two things you mentioned they dropped Jokic back in all pick and rolls side middle everything they would they would play him you know two or three steps below the level of the screen out on the perimeter basically so that he wouldn't get beat uh, uh, the guard wouldn't be able to drive around him and they conceded a lot of really easy shots because he was basically playing goalie uh you know, at the rim. 
And this year, what they're doing is they're bringing all of their bigs up um, to the level of the screen when on screens going to the middle, and they're kind of blitzing screens on the side and and being really really aggressive, including with Jokic bringing him all the way out in the Golden State game. They had him, um, you know, trapping Steph Curry sometimes on the pick and roll. And I think more than anything, first of all, I think this is good because I think what the message that it sent to Jokic last year was, you know, take defense off. We're going to make things easy for you. And I think he's a guy that's he's got an interesting on court persona, because I think if you if you allow him to be lazy, he's going to be lazy. He's going to take that opportunity every time this year. I think it's going to be harder for him because he's going to have to step out. And I think that's ultimately a good thing. But the thing Millsap brings more than anything is just a focus. The Nuggets, it's only two preseason games. so We have to take it with a huge grain of salt. But I thought both. Both games, the Nuggets effort level was higher than at any point last year. And guys were, you know, still making errors on rotations. But even guys like Emmanuel Moutier, I just saw really getting into the body of of the person he was defending every every second that they had the ball in their hands. And that's not something I saw last year. I saw a lot of guys sagging off and and, kind of just trying to play the angle. So I I think more than anything, he brings that intensity. Getting back to your point about Jokic and bringing him up a little bit more. I think that that actually, I mean, unless the guy is just absolutely completely immobile and if he's really just like one of the least mobile guys in the league and uh you know usually he'll be like a brooke lopez or robin lopez like maybe he can at least affect guys that they're but Jokic, you know is kind of the worst of both worlds defensively in terms of his physical tools and golden state i think had some success with this as well as Zaza patrulia right a smart guy probably similar physical tools defensively to Jokic. you could say Jokic has a little quicker hands but when they started bringing patrulia up to the level of the ball in the manner you're talking about that made things a little bit easier and then uh, you know of course golden state has a lot better guys to rotate on the back end but right. i i think maybe that that now it was always okay we'll lay the guy back but if he's still not a deterrent at the rim even if you are laying him back you might as well get him out on the floor anyway uh, and i think we'll see more teams now who have these more offense focused ground bound slower centers saying hey you know at least we'll get him out there and not just get beat immediately like make him make a couple of passes to beat us at least yeah and i think another thing that i think Jokic is good at is he kind of knows how to sucker the the ball handler into that in between range. So he'll what he did a lot his first season with the Nuggets, his rookie season was he would come up and, and attack the po- the ball right at the screen. And as soon as the guy would drive around him, he kind of sprint back into the paint to recover. And then what you would get left with was a, a, a ball handler with a kind of a pressured in between game. And I think he's good at that, at just kind of knowing how to trick the 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 offense to go where he wants them to go. And then he's not going to block a, a ton of shots, but at least he can force them into the shots he wants. So I, I think it's going to ultimately be very good for Jokic's defense this year because uh, you mentioned the quick hands. He's also got pretty long arms. Uh, it's not like Mason Plumlee who who's, doesn't have a great wingspan. Jokic actually has pretty a, a pretty good reach on him. So I, I think it'll be really, really good for him this year. Offensively, how is Paul Millsap going to fit in? I saw in that Golden State game, they gave him a few ISO post-ups, didn't really go anywhere. I noticed really that most of his post-ups, he was certainly overmatched trying to be a primary post-up option. <laughs> Uh, but he gave guys like Markeith Morris fits but it seems like really his only move in the post these days is like trying to get fouled you know he'll try to drive baseline yeah. and go up through the guy's arm and, and get a call and every once in a while he'll make that shot or he'll, he'll get fouled I mean they're gonna have to kind of keep him happy I think in some respects to throw him the ball every once in a while uh, he also looked like he was shooting the three uh, with a lot less hesitation and I think he made three three-pointers maybe it was even four in that I think it was four quarter. yeah yeah uh, against Golden State uh, but you know in addition to what i was saying how does he fit into what they're trying to do offensively especially since they're already so successful last year i am one of the few people that think this is going to be a little bit more of a delicate uh 
transition than, than most. I think a lot of people saw, you know, you get two uh, very highly skilled guys in your front court and, and things will fit seamlessly. For me, I think that the ball has to flow through Jokic when he's on the court. I just think he's that type of player that, you know, he doesn't dominate the ball. He doesn't stand there dribbling around and he's very quick with making decisions and everybody touches it, but he's still sort of the point of contact. And in this first game, I or in the first two games, I felt like Jokic has taken a back seat to, to Paul Millsap. And you mentioned the, the post-ups. The team's given him, you know, two or three post-ups a game in isolation. And they've run through him at the top of the key a lot where Jokic is either standing in the corner or on the baseline. I think one thing about Jokic's personality is that he can be kind of passive and he wants to be a tem- team player. You mentioned last year he came off the bench. Part of that was because he volunteered to because there was right. some dysfunction in the locker room about guys wanting to. I think he's at the point now where he needs to realize that he's, you know, probably the best offensive player on the team. I, I, I certainly think so. I don't know if that's controversial. And I think that, that he needs to kind of demand the ball a little bit more. Um, so I think there's going to be probably a month, maybe two month period where the Nuggets are filling each other out. But I think ultimately this resolves with even Paul Millsap kind of taking a back seat to orchestrating the offense, to letting Jokic kind of make the plays. Um, but I don't think it'll get there right away. I think it's going to take a little time. Yeah, that, that makes sense to me. This is a little bit a field here, but I've just noticed in general, it seems like, and maybe this is just due to our xenophobia. Maybe it's due to coaches, but it seems like a lot of times when you have like Goran Dragic and Dwayne Wade, it was similar to this too, although, you know, obviously Wade was a legend with the Heat. But when you have like a foreign guy who's a little bit better, but they sort of t- come from this team first ethos, and then you have an American guy, not to say that Paul Millsap hasn't been anything other than, than a great teammate, but you have an American guy. I think coaches just kind of think of them as, all right, we got to keep this guy happy. Like these guys are moodier. Ah, oh, you know, uh, the foreign guy, he'll just, we'll deal with him. He's not going to be a problem right. in the locker room. You know, that's why we got this guy to begin with. And that a lot of times that can lead to those guys getting minimized perhaps more than they should offensively. Well, I don't know Paul Millsap's personality just yet. I'm still getting, you know, I've only interviewed him maybe twice so far through camp. So I'm still kind of getting a feel for him. But I'll tell you with Jokic, he is, I, I think that rule actually kind of applies to him in a lot of ways in that he's just easygoing. He's not, uh, he, he wants, he, he's a very unselfish guy to a detriment, I think, in part. he need, He's going to learn, he's young, he's going to learn that uh, he needs to be more vocal and assertive and, and kind of speak up a little bit. So I think in this first week, yeah, you've seen him, you've seen that passivity. And maybe, I don't know if it's so much the cultural thing as much as it is with the Nuggets with the two personalities and, and Jokic being so malleable in that way. Um, but like I said, I think the Nuggets will figure it out eventually because their offense was just so consistent last year that if it's anything less than consistent this year, I, th- I think they'll slowly try to tweak and get back to what they were doing a little bit a little bit more and more. How much are they going to miss Danilo Gallinari offensively? I mean, just looking at his line, 62% true shooting, 50% free throw rate, uh, led the team in scoring at 18 a game, uh, you know, what didn't have the highest usage in the world, but really never turns it over. Very efficient offensive player, perhaps underrated, did only play 63 games. But is there a chance that they maybe, you know, with Wilson Chandler sliding into his spot at the three, that maybe they could just, even with Millsap, be a worse offensive team just for having lost him? I think that's a very real possibility. In fact, might even be likely. Gallo is another just underrated player. Part of it is the injuries and, and, uh, you know, he's kind of had an unfortunate career. But but when he's healthy, he's a tremendous player. And there was two lineups that really worked for the Nuggets last year. One was Fareed at power forward and Jokic at center, which was their best two-man combination and their best front court combination. The other lineup that really worked was when they had Wilson, Gallinari, and Jokic all together because Wilson is 6'8 and very athletic, Gallo 6'10", Jokic 6'11", but they're all skilled, can play inside, outside, and very few 
few teams could match up with that lineup. And the Nuggets, when when all three were playing, they they would get five, maybe seven minutes a game out of that lineup where they were just exploiting whichever player had the best mismatch. And I don't think they have a roster that's going to allow for any combination like that where you have that, that type of height and size. So I do think they're going to miss that quite a bit. Where I think that if you're a Nuggets fan, you have hope. It's that when Gallo missed games last year, the Nuggets offense became even more Jokic-centric. And it became even, you know, you think of that Warriors game last year where Gallo missed and a couple other players missed and the Nuggets just one of the most beautiful offensive performances I think of the year last year where the Nuggets set a record for most made three pointers and the ball was just popping Um, I think you I don't think you can replicate that every night but I think the hope is that they're going to get to a point now where it's just such a balanced attack and everybody is reading each other so well um, which is what happened last year when Gallo wasn't in all right, let's take a quick commercial break here and we'll be right back for more with Adamaris. So if you're looking to brighten the day of a loved one, the best way to do it is flowers. Pro Flowers is the perfect gift for anyone excited about fall, a long-lasting bouquet in their favorite fall color. Right now, they're offering their best-selling cinnamon cider roses, a great option for a birthday and anniversary, any fall occasion. You can go with one of the classics too, like the 100 Autumn Blooms or a dozen Autumn Roses. I've used Pro Flowers to great effect with my fiance, back when she was my girlfriend, and her mom as well. I've never been a huge huge flower sky for special occasions but i love to give them just at random times when they aren't expecting i think you get a lot more value added that way you know we're very analytically inclined here on the show yes even in matters of the heart i'm afraid so if you want to check out those cinnamon cider roses the hundred autumn blooms the dozen autumn roses you can't lose no matter which bouquet you send because my listeners will get 20 percent off any of pro flowers unique bouquets of 29 or more you get to pick the exact date that your unexpected surprise will arrive and the flowers are guaranteed to stay fresh for at least seven days or your money back they certainly have been fresh for even longer than that for me so to get started with pro flowers and get that 20 percent off all bouquets of 29 dollars or more go to proflowers.com and use my code capspace at checkout easy to remember of course because we talk about capspace all the time on the program and that capspace code not only will get you the discount but let them know that you came from us as well that's proflowers.com code capspace don't wait to make someone's day so we talked about Millsap coming in who do you think uh can get better on this team they have a lot of young talent who's going to take the next step you think among these young guys I think you have to look at the point guard position is if you're a Nuggets fan it's where you're the most hopeful last year Jameer Nelson ended up taking over the starting role for the last couple months of the season and and rightfully so Manuel Moutier just played so poorly uh, when he was the starter Jamal Murray is yet to be determined if he's a point guard I think he's a great pick and roll player uh, and a great scorer but how much can he kind of manage an offense is going to be a big question. So if you're a Nuggets fan, I think you're looking at that spot. Does Moutier, who I think is unlikely, but or Jamal Murray make a, a leap this year to where he can not only guard the Westbrooks and Chris Pauls of the world at least half decently, but also manage the team and 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 get the, the offense where it needs to go whenever things get out of sort. That's going to be a huge question. And if you look at worst case scenarios for the Nuggets, none of neither of those guys developing kind of leads to the worst case scenario, which is they're just a constant liability at the point guard position. So I. I I would go with Jamal Murray as my one as the one name I would give you I think he's the guy that's most likely to make a leap um, but also the one the Nuggets need need most to make a leap yeah Murray I thought really was impressive I thought he showed more passing than I was expecting out of him his finishing at the rim was impressive to me as well you mentioned he's a, a good pick and roll player he's got a lot of moves he's a very captivating player one that I've really enjoyed but the ball just didn't go in enough for him based on his reputation as a shooter 33 yeah. percent from downtown 34 percent on twos outside of 16 feet so i think i I would expect him to shoot a little bit 
better from those ranges this year and that's but then defensively I think you know he didn't look much better in that game than I saw in person and I think especially as a one-on-one defender I think he'll get there as a team defender but just like when guys try and iso on him or just you know straight pick and roll with him and Jokic I I think it's going to continue to be a big problem if you don't have elite physical tools at the point guard position I think it takes a couple years for you to become an adequate defender If if you don't have size and quickness and length and Jamal Murray is pretty average I think in all those regards he's a little bit on the taller side but uh yeah he he makes a lot of rookie mistakes there was a play in this last preseason game against the Lakers 10 seconds left in the game and and he's trying to force the point guard into the trap and somehow gets beat completely to the other side for a wide open layup there's going to be plays like that and and just how quickly he starts to learn the nuances of of defense from the point guard position is just going to be such a huge factor for the Nuggets this year I mean he definitely has the right mentality but he kind of reminds me a little bit of the way Doug McDermott was in Chicago in his early years where he wants to try so hard and he obviously has better physical tools than him but he wants to try so hard he's a smart guy you know he'll try to execute but he's just he's almost like spazzing out out there where he's just like trying (laughs) so hard but then he like freaks out and you can just see it going through his head like oh no like George Hill is posting me up again like I just got scored on like I'm gonna have to try way harder and then he'll foul or something and it just for whatever reason he seems to be even worse than what his uh, limited physical tools would indicate um talk has been that Emmanuel Moutier has been much better in camp he impressed it in that game on Saturday shot the ball a little better I'm not gonna buy that he's gonna make 80% of his three pointers (laughs) but you know is uh I mean it's still only 21 years old is there I mean I know you had been real down on him especially defensively but why have people been impressed with his performance so far in camp well yeah that has been the story out of camp and in that first game I thought there were some things that he did really well I'm I'm gonna be a skeptic for a while and I've and I've told people on locked on nuggets it's gonna take for me it would probably take like six consistent weeks of of good point guard play from him before I before I was ever converted it wasn't gonna be a a good game here or there just because there's so many things I think he had that he's a little bit deficient in you mentioned the defense and I think this is the most encouraging part of both games is that he just has been so engaged he looks slimmer I know this is the time of year where everybody looks slimmer but I think two guys on the Nuggets roster that actually do one was Trey Lyles and the other one was Emmanuel Moutier so I think conditioning had been a problem for him I think he probably is in the best shape of his life so that should help and defensively just the intensity and focus had been turned up quite a bit from him in the first two games so I think that's a big part of it but the decision making the shooting those things are things that it's going to take a lot to to convert me and quite frankly in that second Lakers game he had a couple classic Moutier turnovers three on one fast break where he turns it over and and plays like that where you just scratch your head and think that that's not the type of play a good a good point guard prospect makes even as a as a young player yeah and they obviously Moutier certainly a trade candidate potentially and so they have every incentive in the world to bump him up a a little bit I mean there's there are a ton of guys on this I mean Gary Harris you could say uh, although I don't know if he's going to shoot 42 percent on threes again but maybe he can get better uh defensively defensively for sure for him although he he was five for seven in the against the Lakers that's one of my big questions is is he really a 40 percent three-point shooter I really don't know the answer to that but he might be uh he's a very like Jokic he's very good at shot selection and he only takes good three-point attempts yeah and also I mean he shot 56 percent on twos uh, largely enabled by some of those backdoor cuts or or he's also an excellent transition player as well I mean then you've got Juan Hernan Gomez another guy who I I think is young enough to get much better I mean there's all these guys we're talking about basically 22 or under so I don't know if all those guys are going to get better but I think a lot of what we think of hey not only Millsap joining up and everyone 
and doing what they do did last year you know he's replacing Gallinari to some extent but to just get more out of all these guys uh, you think that at least some of them and then those will be the ones who take those rotation roles are going to get better uh who do you see as a potential regression candidate on the team? Mm, that's a good one um Jameer Nelson had a really good shooting year last year I think yeah. it was like up maybe from the best shooting year he's had in seven years or something like that I it's still uncertain if he's going to be in the rotation if he's the backup or, or whatever um Wilson Chandler also had a pretty good year just from from shooting splits he's another guy that I think the pressure will be on him uh, he's going to have to be the lockdown defender for the Nuggets he's really when he wants to he can be a good defender I think the Nuggets are going to need and ask of him to be more of a defensive minded player this year which which is going to be a tough ask for a guy in a in a contract year um and then you know I don't I think Paul Millsap will actually have a bounce back year but it is worth noting that a lot of his efficiency statistics took a pretty big dive last year and I think that had more to do with Dwight Howard than anything but it's at least worth looking at and just thinking as the season goes on is he going to slow down a little bit yeah I mean I think a lot of his value is going to be tied now to what he shoots from three-point range and he's been he's shot it out there in Atlanta but was that was never really what he was trying to do and I think maybe now as you mentioned if the ball goes through Jokic more he definitely was shooting the three like hey this is my job to shoot this when I'm open and right. was hitting it you know it just looked like from a mentality standpoint he wasn't you know kind of taking that big step into it and with a really slow release he's just like i caught the ball i'm open i'm shooting it right now so maybe that'll augur good things for his three-point shooting and let me say yeah. this we're, we're both big guys and i know you appreciate these things and this is something i've really noticed from Millsap the first two games he's really good at spacing the floor not just from getting you know staying at the three-point line but he's good at kind of cutting to the basket whenever Jokic is trying to make a play inside he, he's very quick to react to that and get out of the way to draw his defender away so I, I think that's going to be a big thing a big part of his role this year especially as they turn the offense over more and more to Jokic it's just knowing how to stay out of the way that's something I thought Nurkic didn't know when when they tried the Jokic Nurkic experiment oh, yeah. Nurkic was always in the way I think Millsap's very good at being out of the way when he needs to be out of the way not only that too I think he is one of the great opportunistic post-up players in the league I mean, he was annually high in the rankings in post-up efficiency in part because in Atlanta he would sprint down get early post position and I think on those plays where Jokic gets the rebound and dribbles up he can get ahead of the field or just you know if Jokic is doing something in the DHO game on one side of the floor opportunistic duck in again yep. get fouled I think hopefully we'll see a lot of that from him also um yeah I mean that not a ton of regression candidates among the main guys maybe you could say that Mason Plumley might take a little bit of a step back this year depending on, on how much he plays certainly in terms of his raw totals um and, and he's a guy who's reliant on athleticism to the extent that he can finish around the rim i think uh he, he did you see that floater that he uncorked in the uh in golden state game that one didn't, didn't go too well he tries uh, that one a little more than i would like unfortunately i'm very he, familiar he with the plumley shot floater. He, yeah. he needs that shot because he's not really you know he, he has very poor instincts for finishing uh around the rim when he gets the ball out of a trap and, and attacks the basket um and also you know they're going against golden state who has a, a ton of rim protection obviously yeah. um this is probably maybe one of the most interesting teams in the league for this question of just what are the playing time issues that malone is gonna have to sort out this year they probably have more depth in terms of either 
quality NBA players or at least drafted pedigreed NBA players than any team in the league? Well, the first and most obvious one is Kenneth Freed, who at Media Day um, made the most waves here in Denver because one of the first things he said as reporters came and, and, and swarmed to talk to him was, I'm not a bench player. He said, let me put this out there. I am not a bench player. I'm a starter. Well, on this roster, it's unclear if he's even a bench player because I think the Nuggets clearly are going to start Millsap at the power forward position. And then the backup, Mason Plumlee is the backup center, and he really can't shoot outside of, you know, five feet of the basket. Kenneth Freed the exact same way. If Emmanuel Moutier is the backup point guard, you know, you're, you're really looking at having two or three players that just aren't big threats outside of the paint. And now you start to get into lineup combination issues. Malone addressed this right off the bat, and he said the backup power forward position isn't going to be about talent. It's going to be about fit. And I, it sounded to me when he said it like he was setting the table for Kenneth Freed is not going to be the backup power forward. And he's a guy that's respected by a lot of the younger guys in the locker room. Um, and and so, you know, that could make some interesting dynamics for the Nuggets if, if he's completely cut out of the rotation, as I expect he will be. Yeah, he played it against the Lakers. And I think there's still an argument, actually, that he's better than Plumlee uh, as, a, as a backup center in some I, units. I, I've thought this. I, I when, when the, Before the Nuggets had signed Mason Plumlee to this deal, I thought it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if the Nuggets went with Millsap, Farid, and Jokic as this, you know, rotating 4-5 uh, combination. Yeah, but you railed last year extensively, and I'm in complete agreement about just how much that Farid Plumley combination sucked. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and, and there's just no way to get anything done offensively, and neither of those guys really, you would have to say, is above average defensively either. Um, Farid yep. has long been someone who you would hope would have the tools defensively, but doesn't have the mindset, not as good at moving his feet laterally as maybe you'd hope given his body type. Um, so yeah, he, he might be out of it, but then who, and when you haven't even mentioned the name Darrell Arthur yet, who, you know, is reported as this weird stomach issue that he's trying to work through uh you know and he's been injury prone these last couple of years then you've got Juan Hernan Gomez who it seems like is probably gonna have to just be more of a backup three really just because they don't have any pure threes on the roster other than Chandler and, right. and then of course Lyles whom you mentioned as well I think most people assumed he would be out of the rotation but he looks a little bit better I still think he's always probably not going to be a good defensive player but I think he can be a quality offensive player in the NBA certainly and he and Hernan Gomez together is an interesting you know both of those guys are kind of three point fives in some ways at least offensively so that could be an interesting combination of some versatility it's going to be one of the questions for them is is how much small ball do they play because the nuggets were so good at that Jokic plus four out got you know lineups last year and if you look at it this year that means probably wilson and wancho wilson and lyles and wancho and lyles play in the three four position um if i don't know how much they plan on going to that lineup though just because as you mentioned they've got a lot of bigger lineups that i think they want to play so it'll be interesting to see but i do think that that's another question mark i'm interested to hear what people think of trey lyles because i i'm really not horribly familiar with his game obviously he didn't play a ton last year at all so there wasn't a whole lot to scout i i wouldn't want you to be horribly familiar with any actually <laughs> <laughs> i mean i guess like it is terribly familiar like that's a phrase that we use which you know right. I, I don't know why like i don't know why that doesn't really make any sense and then horribly familiar that's like like when you say something slightly different it's it's, it's the exact same concept and yet it sounds like oh man i don't want to be horribly familiar is it am i like <laughs> 
you know, was I just like feeling really miserable at the game that day? Well, I was becoming familiar. Like, I, I don't know what that'd be, but like, uh, this is a great yeah. sidetrack. This is a, this is a phenomenal one. Uh, but anyway, yeah, Lyles, I mean, I think he's a very comfortable three point shooter. He can put the ball on the floor and make a decision in theory, get into the post against smaller players as well as roots are as a six ten. he's a power forward. But the question with him has always been, does he do enough big man power forward things to avoid just being, all right, we're going to just guard him with a wing. And then, you know, he's just right. another guy out there shooting threes and not able to defend. Yeah. And that, I think even watching the little, the one game preseason game I, I've seen, that's going to be one of the questions, but he is six ten, and he does have some perimeter skills. He made a really nice yeah. drive to the left and, and, and drop off on a, uh, to Mason Plumley for a dunk, which I thought was a pretty decent play. So I'm curious, he, it might work out that he's not in the rotation at all. Malone has said he wanted a nine man rotation and I think eight are set the nine, you know, Fareed, Lyles, Wancho are, are kind of competing for that ninth spot. So he might be out of the rotation or he might be in kind of a 10 minute per game role, which might be perfect for him to kind of focus on development and doing the things he needs to do. So I'm, I'm intrigued, but but still don't have an answer about him. Yeah, and there really are if there, you have a normal eight man rotation, there really are probably like 12 guys really who could theoretically be in the rotation. What at the guard, at the guard position? It seems like Murray has the inside track to start. Malone said he was going to start Moutier in the second game and then alternate them have Murray start the third game is that just window dressing or is there really an open competition for that starting point guard spot I think it's a little bit of both I think you're right that Murray all things being equal every player plays the exact same I think Murray gets the spot so in that regard I think he has a leg up but I do think there you know Murray only played six games at point guard last year he's mostly off ball the final six games of the season they tried him at point guard and and you know he did okay but he looked very much like a rookie Wait, well, wasn't he, he the backup point guard a lot of games no he played mostly backup shooting guard and when he did play point guard they would play him alongside barton who would bring the ball up the court more often than yeah. not so uh, whatever role he was guarding on the other end offensively he was playing and i guess when we were with Jokic, you're not going to be the facilitator anyway right. but it was still this this role where it didn't look like a true point guard he wasn't always taking it up the floor or he certainly wasn't settling things down whenever it got out of hand which is i think one of the big roles for whoever plays the point guard spot um yeah so but you think he'll probably be the starter unless you know something goes horribly wrong for him in, in preseason uh, yeah i think so i think that's what the nuggets would like to do they've <laughs> the last two years and i don't want to put this all on moody he's a good kid and i'm rooting for him to be you know to work out the nuggets i think had they never started moody to start the season even with the Jokic nurkic experiment all the other stuff that went on bringing Jokic off the bench i think if you just cut out moody from the first two months of the season the nuggets make the playoffs probably pretty comfortably i don't know if the nuggets want to for a third year in a row risk giving up games early in the season because you've, you've got a point guard that that is so mistake prone so i think that's why he's probably third all things being equal he's probably third on the uh, on what the nuggets would like to do to start this season he'd have to really earn it to get the starting job yeah and murray at least like you could put him off the ball and he has a reputation as a shooter like you got to guard him you know he yeah. worst case scenario you run everything through Jokic and he just kind of stands there or you know works off the ball or shoots open threes you know and he has a nice chemistry with Jokic as well yeah he's a good cutter yeah yeah and he can finish at the rim on those cuts where's Will Barton fit into this he's another I mean they're talking about him there's a Gary Harris talks extension and Barton but I mean they're talking about maybe extending him you'd have to imagine that he kind of wants out of there uh but you know the Nuggets really can probably give him more money in an extension than he's likely to get on the free agent market especially because if he gets traded he won't be eligible for that extension anymore so uh, like, like what how good i guess uh, let's start with this how good is will 
anymore. I think he's another player that's good in a very specific role. And, you know, if Jameer Nelson was the backup point guard, I think Barton would be very good. And the reason for that is Barton's not a point guard. He's an off-ball player and kind of a finisher. He's isolations. I think he was at like 1.18 points per possession last year in isolations. One of the highest marks in the in the league. He's got a lot of moves. He's shifty. He's athletic. Um, he's he, So I think he's very useful. The problem is when he's playing point guard, he has to decide between being the scorer, which when your point guard is is off the bench is your you know your go-to scorer, you end up with like 25 shots in 20 minutes out of him. And and being uh you know if he's playing off ball with with Moody or somebody like that, maybe he's not touching the ball quite enough. So I think if he's playing with Jameer, he has a very narrow, almost Jamal Crawford-like role where he's just in there to get buckets and and create mismatches and and up the pace. Um, the problem is in the first two preseason games, he's kind of been a de facto bench point guard alongside either Murray or Moutier, and that's just not his game, un- unfortunately. So I, it, one of the questions for him is going to be who's playing alongside him and and what his role becomes. Yeah, it is. And you would think that maybe even he and Moutier, it seems like too, even though they don't necessarily play the same position, you know, and you think Barton is probably a better player than Moutier is, is at this point, at least so far, maybe Moutier has, has improved. Is Barton shooting real? Like, I mean, he shot, he shot it really well at the beginning of 15-16, trailed off by the end of the year, but then shot 37%. And I mean, you don't think about it, but he's averaged 13 and, and 14 points a game the last couple of years. So, uh, I mean, is he he's is he like a starter, like on another team? Could he get to that level? Or is he always kind of more just a bench gunner type of guy? To me, he's always going to be a bench guy because of the style that he plays. Uh, he's he's a scorer, but he's not good enough to be your number one option on, you know, at a starting lineup or probably not even good enough to be your number two option. But off the bench, if he's your first or second option, I think that's okay because you sometimes need that change of pace guy. So I like Will Barton. I'm a fan of his and the contract he's on is just ridiculous. So it's the Nuggets have gotten great value out of, out of you know, w- what they expected from him. But yeah, I just think that his role is going to have to be, uh, it's kind of like Kenneth Freed. It's a little bit more dependent on what you build around him. And there is a combination or a couple of combinations out there that I think will make Barton a very useful player on this roster. And there's a couple on there that I'm going to be a little bit concerned about if the Nuggets, if, if, if that's the role he takes on for this team. How's his defense? He's got length. Um, <laughs> everything's relative when you're talking about the Nuggets because there's so many bad defenders on the roster in the backcourt. But I think, uh, you know, plays hard and he's got a little bit of length. So he's, for me, he's somewhere in the average uh, department. Yeah, I mean, now he is thin. I think they're going to try, whenever they can, they're going to try and get away with playing him at three just because they don't really have anyone else there as a backup three. Yeah. Um, but, you know, can you do that when the other team has a good offensive three out there? You know, probably not. Well, that's going to be a problem for the Nuggets all year long because even Juancho Hernan Gomez is just rail thin. And last year when they played the Cavaliers, I think Juancho got the start that game. Maybe Gallo was out or Wilson was out. And uh, LeBron got three and ones in a row on three straight possessions against them. I, re- not just, I remember that game. Yeah. <laughs> not, not just fouls, but and ones. And it was it was one of those moments where you're like, wow, he's not just kind of below the curve physically, but he's so far below that it, it against some players. Obviously, LeBron's not not every player is LeBron, but sure. there's enough of them out there. Carmelo, Durant, there's enough of those big or tall wings that will just punish him. And Barton the same way. That that That's why I think the, it will be an issue for the Nuggets, that small forward position. Yeah, I thought that 
he did a little bit better against KD, who's not quite as, as physical of a guy. Like his, his right. ability to move his feet actually impressed me. I didn't think that he was going to be able to even like stay with guys moving laterally. The strength obviously is an issue. He can grow into that, but you know, he's a legit six nine, six ten out there too. So he's he's got some size. Uh yeah. Yeah, no, he does the good thing where he provides kind of a big cushion, but then just closes out without trying to block the shot, just trying to contest the shot, which I think is such an underrated thing. So many guys overplay it defensively and end up fouling or getting beat. He he plays very conservatively, but but very smartly, I think, in that regard. What's the crunch time lineup you think that Malone is going to go to here? Uh, obviously, Jokic and Millsap, they're going to be out there. You have to imagine Wilson Chandler probably will be as well. Uh, I mean, is Gary Harris, can you lock him in there as well? I think so. Malone loves Gary Harris. G- Gary Harris is just so reliable. I, you get you know what you get out of him every minute he's on the floor. So I think those four guys are a lock. Um, the point guard position, I still at this moment don't know who's going to be the starter, the backup, the closer, out of the rotation, you know, etc. And the one, so so I'll just I'll leave that spot blank because I don't know. I think Jameer, especially early on, if if the other two are struggling, Jameer is last year all year was Malone's safety blanket. Uh, I think one game he played something like twenty four minutes in a row to close out a game <laughs> because Malone was so worried about putting in one of the other guys. Um, but I will say the center position is going to be interesting because I obviously would love for him to, st- I'm Nikola Jokic's biggest fan. I'd love for him to stick with it, you know, hell or high water. But Malone last year occasionally would go to other Nurkic or, or even Plumley late in games or Farid at center. Wait, Farid at center, the first like two months of the season seemed to be the closing center for whatever reason. Um, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if Malone tries to go to defensive lineups in, against certain opponents, maybe if the Nuggets have a lead in the final three or four minutes and tries to put Plumley in there, who I don't think is a huge defensive upgrade over Jokic, certainly not enough to warrant that kind of thing, but I would be curious to see how Malone handles that. We're going to see Jokic and Plumley together at all. That was one of the ostensible reasons for the trade was that they felt those guys could play together, but obviously things have changed a lot with Millsap. Full. No doubt about it, and I'm not a huge fan of it. It was a net positive last year um, in the few months that they played together, but but yes, that that was pointed out to me by a member <laughs> of the Nuggets organization. I think, uh, and it's important to them, right? Because some of the like the Nurkic Jokic lineup just did not work at all. It was a huge net negative. Um, and I know everybody wants to go small. Fans always want you know small ball. It's more exciting. But yeah, I think they are going to play a lot of minutes together. Um, some games when somebody's injured in the front court, you know, if Millsap is out for a game or Lyles or one of those, I think you're going to see a lot of those minutes together. Uh, but I think the Nuggets believe in that lineup, and to be honest with you there are situations where i think it'll work and i i don't think it's the worst lineup it's certainly not like nurkic and and Jokic was because i think Plumley knows where he is on the pecking order when those two are on the court he is just playing the dunker spot and he's playing screener and he's playing you know the hustle role last year especially early on and i think this year a little bit with Millsap, Millsap and Plumley both are, are kind of see themselves as being very heavily involved in the offense but i think when Jokic is on the court they have to take a major step back what are the big strengths for this team we talked about obviously the elbow game with Jokic Millsap can operate that way as well but what do you see as one of the things that they can really rely on both schematically and and also just statistically like where are they going to really excel I think rebounding will be a big strength it was one of the big strengths for them last year Um, they've gotten out rebounded in both preseason games 
games. I don't know how much stock you can put into that, but it was noticeable against Golden State. There was a couple possessions where the Warriors got three or four shots uh, in the half court. But I think rebounding will be a big strength for them. They've got even their guards, Gary Harris, Jamal Murray, Emmanuel Moutier. They're very good rebounders for their position. So I think they'll dominate the glass against most teams. Uh, they are a unique style, and they're, they're a little bit of a curveball that I think most teams, you know, you look at Milwaukee. Jokic had triple doubles both games against Milwaukee last year. And I think if you look at Milwaukee's aggressive scheme and overplaying rotations and passing lanes and things like that, it really lends itself to backdoor cuts. And that's where Jokic feasts. So I think I think there'll be a, a different style than most people are used to most nights. And that's part of what catches them off guard. Um, and then shooting. They have a lot of guys on this roster that any given night can go off. J- j- whatever you think of Jamal Murray's upside as a shooter, we know from plenty of examples that when he gets hot, he gets really, really hot. Uh, he, he had a game against Chicago where I think he had four threes in a minute. Um, they put him in at garbage time because it was they were down like 15, and the next thing you know, they're down three because he just made four straight pull-up three-pointers. Um, Gary Harris has been really hot, Wancho. So I think shooting, rebounding, and then just being a unique style of play will be their advantages. Yeah, I think just whenever you have Jokic on your team, passing Plumlee has been effective in that role as well. I don't know if they're going to be, I mean, they're second in offensive rebound rate, 27% last year. If Fareed plays less, I don't know if that, Jokic is a solid offensive rebounder. Millsap doesn't really do much of that anymore. He was a, a great rebounder when he first came into the league, but that's kind of in the rearview mirror for him now. So I would expect them to take a little bit of a step back on the offensive glass. I think defensively, uh, they'll be fine, of course. Yeah, a little step back because like you said, Fareed is a is such a monster in that regard. And that's why Jokic and Fareed work so well together. One reason I don't think it'll take an enormous step back on the offensive end is because Jokic is so good at drawing the, the, the rim protector away from the basket, not just because he plays on the perimeter, but even when he, he's one of the best role men, you know, pick and roll, roll into the rim and making a play. And part of it is because he's so good at suckering that guy out of position and either putting up a shot or a drop off or, you know, just creating openings for other guys to grab the boards. I think once Millsap s- settles into that role and kind of realizes, you know, understands the angles that are created from that style of play, I think he'll also clean up the glass in a different way than Fareed, but I think he'll be successful on it. Yeah, I think another thing you can point to that uh, will they'll be effective for them is posting up not in a straight post up i expect to see little of that maybe they'll probably throw millsap a bone with two or three of those after timeouts per game but i think they will i would expect them to be among the leaders in post up efficiency yeah play and then they have great passing out of the post as well millsap those transition post ups Jokic against switches both millsap and Jokic can be effective against switches so i think that's something that we'll see be really effective for them as well wilson chandler can against a switch can post up maybe not right at the rim but you know he'll shoot a turnaround so I, I think when and a lot of teams are gonna be switching against this team because they just right. won't be able to deal with those that dho game or the pick and rolls out top so i i think that's something they'll be real good at i've always believed in the the post up you know even before analytics and, and and really i started watching nba basketball this way i've always thought that the point of a post up was to quarterback your offense from there as sure. in terms of passing and so few teams do it but i think that is one of the big strengths of Jokic's game when he posts up he probably only shoots it one out of every four or five times he posts up most of the time he's just trying to create a mismatch or a double team or, or something like that and then get the ball moving Millsap from what I've seen of him does a lot of the same things you mentioned Wilson Chandler he's a really good he's less of a passer out of the post but he he is really good at, again at scoring against six five six six guys that get switched out onto him so I do think I think you're right about that the Nuggets will operate from the post maybe not so many post up shots but they'll just work out of the post a lot yeah and I think that's really become more in vogue now with the, the way the Warriors have used it. And when you have three-point shooters, and 
nice piece on b-ball breakdown about this that i shared about a week ago where if you have the ball in the post and then you have a three-point shooter at the top of the key setting what starts off as a back screen for that guy really puts the defense in difficulty because if you're guarding that three-point shooter you got to get through that back screen you want to be under you want to be between your man and the rim but if you do that then you're you're vulnerable to the three-point shooter just popping back out behind that same screen and being wide open because when the ball is lower than you are as a defender you your natural inclination is just you have to sink lower to prevent against being back it's a very difficult action to defend and the nuggets certainly can take advantage of that with guys like harris and murray working off the ball from Jokic. and Jokic honestly passes those guys open a lot of times when quite frankly they're not even open yet he's yeah he's, he's so good at that at those types of passes what about weaknesses for this squad well def- i mean we've already covered the defensive end and, and that's to be determined if if, if they're going to really be improved i know they've made those schematic changes that we talked about they're going to be more aggressive but um until we see the execution you know i think we're just gonna have to chalk them up as a at least below average defensive team the point guard position guys like westbrook just murdered the nuggets last year and westbrook murders everybody but especially so the nuggets because they just don't have anybody i think moody may be the closest physically to match up with him and even then it's it's just a, a quite a mismatch there you think about i talked about jameer nelson being the steadying vet well he has no chance against a guy like westbrook or john sure. wall or those types of players so I, I think the point guard position especially defensively is going to be a real issue for this team and then the depth at the wing spot is, is huge wilson chandler i think is a very good player and he can fit the starting lineup very very well but if he goes out the nuggets are looking at as you mentioned will barton wancho hernan gomez maybe trey lyles uh tory craig who was in the australian league last year who i really like but if you're relying on him for for heavy minutes i think you're in trouble so they're they're deep but they're going to be thin i think at that one spot yeah malik beasley also really too small to play at that position maybe barton will move up in some matchups but you're right i think it's going to be a pick and roll defense you have to look at too especially against i mean i think during the regular season maybe can get away with it but especially if they get into the playoffs that just putting Jokic in the pick and roll every time with a guy who can shoot three pointers is going to just be you know they're going to have no way to be able to defend that so uh, i i agree there i actually uh forcing turnovers defensively they're going to be awful um i think that's part of yeah i think that's part of why they're changing the scheme a little bit because i think if and this was something i talked about all year last year if you're going to be a bad defensive team and they were so bad that i don't think you could have gotten worse you might as well try to get some turnovers and you're going to concede baskets either way so you might as well start getting into the passing lanes i think that's part of the idea uh behind the team this year so maybe that'll be less of a weakness than it was last year that's that's certainly the hope yeah and Millsap is a quality steals guy at the four ironically Jokic and Millsap are probably their two best steals guys at the four and five they really have nobody and I think just general the ability to disrupt with ball pressure to just make the offense uncomfortable it's just something that they don't have they don't have the athletes they don't have the length they don't have the hands you know with anybody really on their perimeter defense the the Nuggets in 2013 I think they only lost three home games that year and a large part of it was because they George Carl was great at this using the altitude to your advantage and you think about they're not a fast break team but they are a high motion team and they push the ball up the court and then they pass it 10 times in the half court before they score it's exhausting to guard that I think if on the defensive end you up the pressure and intensity I think it'll just wear teams out uh, especially at home so the 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 trick is going to be are they going to be conditioned enough for it and again that's putting a lot of pressure on Jokic to not only quarterback a high motion offense but to also anchor a high high intensity defense Um, but 
But if they successfully pull it off, I, I think that they can wear a lot of teams out and have a very good home record. Yeah, Jokic also, this him playing 34 minutes a game, he is extremely susceptible to foul trouble. I know Malone, uh, that was something that he repeatedly emphasized in the middle part of last year, even when he was playing so well. He was like, yeah, you know, we'd love to play him more than 24 minutes a game, but he's like, you know, he gets foul trouble every game. Be interested to see how they do get into the foul line this year with Gallo gone. He's one of the best at that. Millsap, not bad there, but they don't really have anyone else. I mean, that's something in Jamal Murray's game, for example, that he really needs to work on is being able to create contact, get to the foul line, work on those BS jumper fouls. So I could see them, and they're only really middle of the pack in free throw rate last year or so. But I do think they can turn the ball over less than they did last year, especially if Moutier is playing less or just simply matured. Moutier and Nurkic, uh, with with the Nuggets last year, Nurkic was as bad as Moutier in the turnover department. And playing those two together, everybody on the court. I think the first like three months of the season, Jameer Nelson had his worst turnover percentage by like double. So I, I think that that will go down just by virtue of them not starting off so poorly. All right, I'm going to do my prediction first, as has been my custom for this season. The Nuggets, I went over their projected over under when we did this about a month ago. It was 45 and a half. I went over that. I think this squad is going to be pretty good. I like what I've seen from them so far in preseason. I'm going to go with 47 wins for the group. I think that you're you're really close. I'm actually, I might be one of the few people that do this, but I'm going to go below you. I, yeah. I'm, I'm going back and forth between 45 and 46 wins. And I think this will be a playoff team. I think ultimately things are going to be good for them uh, and they'll k- pick up momentum uh, as the season goes on. But there's a lot of variables here that, that scare me, including the point guard, the wing spot, and then just how well and how quickly Millsap and Jokic mesh. I feel so confident that it will eventually. But if it takes two weeks to mesh, that changes things so much more than if it takes two months for them to mesh because their offense is going to have to be a top five, top seven offense in order for them to you know to get to that 47 48 win mark so i'm gonna i think i'm gonna go with i'll go with 46 um but it's real. i'm really going right at that four to 45 and a half mark because there's a lot of volatility uh, uh, in what this team is trying to do yeah all right so i'm at 47 you're at 46 and my rationale is you know they were 40 and 42 last year basically at a neutral point differential they were great after they put Jokic in the starting lineup presumably they won't be dumb enough to not do that this year and then even if you say hey you know they lost Gallo that's fine but they're also getting Millsap Millsap projects to be a better player than than Gallo so that's going to add some wins and that's before you even project any kind of improvement from this huge stable of young guys and we don't really see other than Jameer Nelson any huge regression candidates on this team so that's how I got to you know basically six five wins better than last year I mean Millsap on his own is probably you know that good of a player and so I think they'll get there but you know whenever you're projecting improvement for guys who haven't done it before there's certainly risk involved yeah there's a lot that there's a lot of question marks and i'm with you jamal murray is the big pivot point for me because if he is just marginally improved um which i think is is fair a lot of players make a a leap in the year two but not an enormous one if he's just marginally better than that point guard spot i think is going to be very uh up and down all year but if he makes a big leap kind of similar to what gary harris did in his second season with the nuggets then the nuggets i think are pretty comfortable you know going over 45 46 wins but i don't think anybody really has the answer to that right now yeah and they're gonna rely i mean they don't have that one shooter too that you look at as like oh this guy is just like incredibly money like maybe gary yeah. harris getting there but he's he's not like a huge volume guy right quite yet so maybe they just disappoint from a shooting perspective and maybe that's how they might drop off slightly uh do you remember what our predictions were last year by the way or at least yours i i know that, i think i was pretty close because i know on denver stiffs i think i said 39 wins and they got yeah that's what you said here too okay yeah so i was i think 
believe I was pretty close. Yeah, I had 37. So you uh, you won our little competition last year, and we will see what happens <laughs> this year. Uh, best case scenario for these guys. I think the the six seed is very realistic. Uh, I wouldn't. I'm not betting on it. I think the seven or eight seed, but the six seed it would not surprise me one bit. I think the fifth seed is is a possibility for this team. A lot of it depends on how 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 quickly they can figure out their offense. If they can really quickly get back to the offense that they had last year, playing through Jokic and just running teams off the court on that end, then I think that's a best case scenario, and they're gonna they're gonna really put pressure on you know all the other teams vying for those that fifth seed in in the Western Conference. Um, it's I, I don't think it's that realistic. I think Minnesota is probably more likely to take that spot, but it, it is within the realm of possibility that the Nuggets get up to 50 wins or so. Yeah, I have them in kind of their their own tier below Minnesota, below OKC, but I think they're above the Memphis, Utah, Clippers contingent right now in my projections. I think their upside is actually higher than people are giving it credit for. I mean, because they're they were the number one offense for five months last year, right? Or, yeah. or four months. Yeah. And if they just do that again and they could get to number 20 in defense, that's, you know, they could win like 54 games. I think that's actually like the best case scenario for these guys. That's a, a good question, actually, just in general. Like, what do you predict they will rank in offense and defense? Yeah, and, and real quickly, I'm going to make a note there. I've Because the last couple of weeks, I've been looking at different iconic offensive teams and, and where they ranked. And the 2010 Suns, I think they won like 60 or 58 games or something like that. And they were one in offense and 19th, I think, in defense. So that gives yeah. you a, a kind of an idea of what's possible if you're a transcendent offense. Um, yeah. I think Or last I, year's Rockets, too. I think they were like the number two offense and 17 or 18 defense. And they won 55. I think that Suns team, actually, I want to say won 54, I think. Okay. Um, but nonetheless, I mean, those those teams are are an analog of where you can get to if you're i mean i think just that what they need to be is just not terrible yeah you know i mean and if i had to guess where it's gonna land you know i'd say i mean Millsap is a pretty good player and i think he can stabilize a lot and you know the young guys can't be quite as bad as they were last year it's just a question of how much these young guys can get better and and at least malone has enough guys where if they're not performing defensively he can hold them accountable which you know if you're the phoenix suns with Devin booker or something you can't do that so i don't know i mean i if i had to predict i'd say probably you know the 24th best fence where they would yeah. end up this year uh maybe a little better than that i don't know it, a lot it so much depends too on just like what Millsap can do because he's physically is slowing down a little bit eventually too of course i think this year is going to be like last year we always talked about the nuggets as well if you look at december 15th because that was kind of this big benchmark right. i think it's going to be similar this year where it'll be something like their numbers in the first month of the season will be so different than the last you know four or five months there's going to be a point where either they make an adjustment or they just figure things out that's going to be a, a big turning point for them so overall i don't know where it'll be but i think i i think by the end of the year you'll say they're like a, a the third fourth or fifth best offense and yeah somewhere in between 20 and 24th best defense and i also think that they are probably less susceptible to injuries to just their normal rotation players than nearly any team i mean obviously Jokic is a, is a star and if he gets hurt that's a big problem and wilson chandler they don't have yeah. that great of a backup for him maybe wancho can get there we'll see uh, you know I'm, I'm skeptical i think his best position is the four and but he's just gonna have to play three this year but uh i do think that there that makes their downside maybe higher than a lot of teams uh higher in the sense that you know the win total would be higher yeah so i, I would say their worst case scenario you know i'd have it maybe around you know 37 38 wins something like that uh, man yeah i think i think that's probably fair um they missed the playoffs at 37 or 38 wins so so yep. that makes sense but um i think you're right the nuggets are definitely a better team with milsa there's no question about it but i do think if milsap got hurt for say two or three weeks i think the nuggets could survive 
just because for a short period of time they would go back to being that high-powered offense, bad defense. But but I think their offense goes up to a whole other level when they start relying on Jokic that way. So th- and that style works for a short period of time, especially before teams can adjust to it. Um, so I think they could survive even a Millsap injury. And the same goes for Jokic. If if Jokic goes out, they probably become much more of a defensive-minded team, and for a couple weeks they might be able to to win that way. All right. So what do you what do you think? Worst case, you agree with me about thirty-seven? Is what you're saying? Yeah, I'll say thirty-seven, maybe even thirty-six, but yeah, somewhere right around there. All right, thirty-six is what. We'll do, just so we get some differentiation. Uh, oh, gotcha. Yeah, let's say thirty-six. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that'll do it for today. Uh, where can people keep up with your stuff? Uh, you can check out denverstiffs.com for any Nuggets uh, coverage. We we cover everything with the Nuggets, and then Locked On Nuggets is the podcast I host. So check that out as well. Yeah, I'll uh, look forward to guesting on that at some point during the season. Don't forget our sponsor today, Pro Flowers. Use that cap space code, and that will get you 20% off all bouquets of $29 or more at proflowers.com. And we'll be back with more in our season outlook series tomorrow. Till then. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 